nugget. We'll start off with the nugget. It's hard to get into shape. It's hard to get into shape. One more time. It's hard to get into shape spiritually. It's hard to get into shape spiritually when you only work out when you only work out on Sunday. Okay, glory to God. Now we'll see what we have this morning. Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks, Lord, that... You've blessed us, Father God. I thank you, Lord, that our eyes are open, Father God, to the anointed word this morning, Father God, and that each and every one of us, Father God, will receive that word, Father God, to bring us into greater maturity, Father God, through your word. So, Father, we thank you, Lord, for it in Jesus' name. Amen. As Christians, um, we are blessed. Amen. We have been adopted into the family of God, given freedom, have a great future, and a secure victory in our lives. Amen? In today's world, we are challenged by the enemy to give up that inheritance that has been, been bestowed unto us. In the last days, it says that deception should run, run rampant. So deception in these last, of the last days is running rampant and is taking captive many Christians due to a lack of maturity. Um, that is, a lack of knowledge and the use of wisdom. So again, uh, a favorite scripture is Acts 17.11. We need to follow through on that. Uh, following through on that, we won't fall into deception, but continue to grow. Um, now, several years ago, a young man turned up missing. And uh, a few years back, they had cartons of milk, you know, and they had the missing people on it. And or you, sometimes you go into the uh, grocery stores, you see the little flyers, you know, so-and-so is missing, so-and-so. And in the newspapers now, so-and-so is missing for, you know, since, you know, January, da-da-da. Um, again, se several years ago, a young man turned up missing. His parents were hoping that uh, when he left home, he would return back. But it... He didn't. Then after a while, uh, they made an effort uh, to uh, involve the public that he was missing. And they needed a description and a photograph uh, to be released to the public. Uh, the parents, unfortunately, did not have a current picture of the young man. That's bad news. So they took a photo of his identical twin brother and posted it as the missing brother. So there's an identity. And that's what we're going to be looking at, identity crisis this morning, identity crisis. Um, now and then you see people on the street whom you, whom you will mistake as somebody that you know or you know, a familiar face. Or maybe somebody comes up to you and says, hi, so-and-so, and you say, well, I'm, no, I'm not him. Have you ever been? identified by somebody else or, you know, um, or, you know, what is really 
really st uh, striking is that when you see somebody that is identical to somebody that you know, but they're not, I mean, features and everything, and nope, and you think, wow, this could be their twin, but they're not. Have you ever ran across somebody like that? Man, that, that is something, that, that is wild, you know. But okay, we'll go on. Also, uh, today, uh, stolen, stolen or, or theft identity is growing, a growing crime, and uh, people are losing a lot because of identity theft. You know, you get on the, the computers and all that type of stuff and get this and that, and they, they use your numbers and all that type, and all of a sudden, you look at your bank account and it's dwindled down or something, or or your credit card is maxed out, all your credit cards are maxed out, and you say, I didn't do this, and so you have to go to the credit card, you know, so there's identity crisis, okay. Uh, image or identity crisis is what we're looking at again today. The Bible shares that uh, an image or identity of individuals throughout the world, maybe you will recognize someone's image, when you look in the mirror, that's not me. That's so-and-so, okay? So we're going to look up and see what kind of challenge this is going to be for you this morning. Uh, example. How many remember have read the story of Jonah? What was wrong with Jonah? He was called of God, amen? And what did he do? He ran away. And when he ran away, he got into depression. You know, he got, you know, the Lord, you know, he put a bush over him so he wouldn't sunburn. And he was so happy about it. And the very next day, the thing died and he was all depressed and mad. Well, how many of you look in the mirror and see Jonah? Because God has called you to do something, but you failed. To do, you run away from doing it and you're miserable because of it. Oh. Well, let's look at somebody else. Maybe that's not you. Maybe you're like Peter. Hmm. Peter was impulsive. He was brash. Oftentimes wrong. Anybody out there identify with Peter? Nobody else? I mean, boy, you are so saintly people. I tell you what. Oh, well. Let's go to somebody else. How about John Mark? You know John Mark? Remember John Mark? He was going with Paul, and uh, he was doing a great job, you know, and all of a sudden, he says, I'm leaving. This is too rough. You remember that? John Mark left. Here he was called by Paul to go in the ministry, and great things were happening. All of a sudden, I'm leaving. This is too much. Maybe, are you like John Paul? You, get, you got started doing something for the Lord and said, no, this is too much. I'm leaving. Forget it. Oh, my gosh. Are you identifying with anybody? Don't raise your hands. Well, we'll look at one, one other one. How about Samson? You remember Samson? He had an anointing upon him, but he used that anointing for himself. He chased all the girls, man, you know. Look at me, girls, you know. He captured things. He did things for himself. He used that anointing for himself. 
A lot of Christians are using the anointing that God's given them for themselves. They're getting the blessings, but not sharing the blessings. Wow, a lot, a lot of Christians fall in that one. Oh, boy. Let's now turn to the book of Romans chapter 15. We'll start there. Romans chapter 15. In Romans chapter 15, looking at verse 4, Romans chapter, uh, Romans chapter 15, verse 4, reads, For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning. So these things in the Bible are, are for our learning. We need to find out and, that we through the patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. So we can find out things in the Scriptures that give us hope and either lead us in the right direction or tell us don't go in that direction. Amen? Glory to God? Okay, so now, let's now turn back, not back, uh, to the beginning of your Bible in the New Testament to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 12. In Luke chapter 12. We want to look at something here. We're looking at some identities here. And... Uh, Jesus is speaking in Luke chapter 12. Verse 21. That's Luke 12, 21. So he, so is he that layeth up treasure for himself is not rich towards God. Wow. So is he that layeth treasure for himself is not rich towards God. Now it's important to note something here. There's nothing said about the, man's about the man being dishonest, vulgar, or untruthful. This guy had to be a likable guy. It didn't say anything about himself there. So this man could have been a likable guy. A lot of Christians are likable. Amen? Nothing saying about dishonest, vulgar, or, or untrue. Second thing. It is not said that he was prejudiced, cynical, or jealous. So he was a commendable guy. Had manners. Okay. Three. He considered himself as capable and confident and not foolish. So what he did according to himself, was not foolish. And we read also that, uh, number four, he was a property owner, so he was going to expand on things. So he was a good business mind. He was a hard worker. Number five, he was a hard worker. Business mind and a hard worker. And number six, he was a, a wise man in his occupation. And a lot of people are that way. And number seven, he was successful. He was increasing because it was all coming to him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Are we there? Number eight, we can assume he was greatly admired by many. Man, he's a rich dude. He's got everything he wants. You know, uh, he's, got, he's got the limousine. He's got the, the, uh, the workers. Uh, 
You know, he takes his vacations, and, you know, this guy's good. Um, these are all admirable traits, good traits. Um, and they are, are desirable. I mean, who wouldn't have, like, love to have something like that? But it says that he was not thinking about anybody but himself was his bad trait. Um, many today would be happy to be very much like him, having all that wealth and prosperity. And, and uh, is that your goal this year, or is that has been your goal? To be successful and pro prosperous and just be able to lay back? Hmm. Okay, let's, uh, since we're in that New Testament, let's go all the way back to Matthew chapter 4. In Matthew chapter 4, we find, again, Jesus is speaking. Do I have it written down right? Jesus speaking, Matthew 4 and verse 4, it reads, And he answered, said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So we see here, this man was living by physical bread, and he wasn't listening to God's word. So he lacked spiritual insight. To be successful you, you, in the world, you, you can have everything, but if you don't have spiritual insight, you are poor in God's sight. Okay? Again, in Matthew chapter 6, going to Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, Seek ye first, that's Matthew 6, 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So if we were seeking God, all the blessings and all the, the things that this man wanted will come upon us, or we can receive them. Amen. Amen. Oh boy, glory to God. So let's go back to Luke and see what else is going on here. Luke chapter 12 again. Luke chapter 12, look at verse 19. It's Luke chapter 12, verse 19. And I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thy ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Oh, glory to God. What a good way to, you know, I've got it made. I can relax. And a lot of people look for a retirement. <laughs> and they don't put anything of value on the spiritual. They've got, they, they've got their life set. And they're not thinking about the spiritual end of things. We need to look at the spiritual end of things. One, one could be uh, living under the impression that wealth, pleasure, education, fun, trinkets, gadgets, fame, power, or position can meet the deepest needs of their life. And a lot of people do that. I mean, you know, I've got this, I've got, I've got, a, I got, I got a house here, and I've got a vacation house over here in the summer, and I've got a vacation house in the wintertime for the winter sports, and I've got the boat, I've got the car, I've got the airplane. And I've got money in the bank. I have no worries. That's not, a person 
should be worrying a lot if he doesn't have any spiritual insight. Okay? Um, so, thinking about what we just read, wealth, pleasure, education, fun, trinkets, gadgets, fame, power, position. Do any of these fall into your desire for your identity? I think we all have. I remember when I, you know, when I was younger, man, you know, if I get this job, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to have it, you know. This job is going to give me security all, all through my life, and I won't have to worry about it. When I retire, you know, I'll have this nest egg and settle back. You know, it's, it's, it's a known fact that a lot of people, after they have wor worked their life, at their life job, job and had a nest egg, a lot of people within a year and a half, they go because they're just depending upon spiritual, not spiritual, but uh, earthly gain. They're not looking at spiritual. You need to not only receive, but you need to give. And most of it is gimme, gimme, gimme. Uh, they asked one rich individual, how much is too much? I don't have enough. I don't have enough. Don't have enough much. I mean, they're a millionaire, billionaire. I don't have enough. They, they, they sink it all into their own self. There are companies, and then, you know, they grow, and, but they're not giving it. I mean, they, some of them give to, uh, to foundations and so forth, which are some good things, but how much are giving to the kingdom of God? That's where the important thing is. Amen. Glory to God. All right, let's see. With the community, uh, with the, I get these words right. With, in bringing all these riches, the rich fool selfishness increases. He wants more and more and more and more. Okay. Um, are we still in Luke? Okay, let's go to Luke. We're still in Luke chapter twelve. Let's begin with verse seventeen. Let's see what he thinks. Verse 17. Now let's start with 16. And, and, and he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentiful. Verse 17. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no more room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there will be there I will be bestow all my fruits and my goods. Verse 19, And I will say unto my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thy ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? Verse 21, So he that layeth up Treasure for himself is not rich towards God. Uh, in this, these verses from 17 through 19, there are 11 um, indications that he had a disease. The I-me disease. 
It was always I and me. He, he thought not of God nor his fellow man, but only of himself. And the individual only thinks of himself as poor and, and deficient in God's sight. The I-me disease, does it reflect anything of you? Or is it a reflection of you? Well, if I only can get this, this is good for me. Hello. The rich fool forgot his partners, God and society. God is the giver of all good gifts, and everything is to be used under his judgment and guidance. Find out what God says. He says, you know, we need to find out what he says to do. He says what? Give your tithes and offerings. And a lot, a lot of Christians today are, are screaming, I have to give tithes. And they want offering? No way. That, hey, that's it. I mean, that, you'll find out. There's, I think it's uh, only 3% of Christians now give tithes and offerings. That is, no wonder that churches are not able to help people uh, like they should. Every blessing that we receive is bestowed upon us in order that we might be a blessing to others. You have not begun to live an abundant life until you recognize the truth of being a blessing to others. This rich individual lived just for the, the present time. He neglected and forgot eternity. He lived for only one world, the one he lived in. He forgot that he was a creature of eternity and that one day he would give an account of his time with the Lord, or to the Lord. It's sad when an individual looks only to the world resources for his last will and testament. Well, I'm going to, when I pass away, all this stuff is going to go to my family. All this stuff is going to go to this foundation. That's not where it should go. I mean, some of it should go. That's what it said, the word says. But some of this stuff, if you have that massive amount of money or riches, should be going to the kingdom of God. You know? Amen. So let's turn to Matthew chapter 20, uh, Matthew chapter 16. In Matthew chapter 16, we see Matthew chapter 16, verse 26. Matthew chapter 16, verse 26 tells us, or says, Jesus is speaking, for what is a man, for what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his, for his soul? Wow, that's pretty heavy. Have a whole world. You think about some of these individuals. Um, I think of, uh, I can think of a couple of them. Uh, I'm going to spit it out. George Soros, multi-billionaire. This guy is hateful. He's very liberal, and, he, and, he, and he, he tries to overthrow governments by uh, bringing anarchy, thank you, to <laughs> Yeah, look at, look at what, he, what he's done to. He, he puts money in there to subvert governments. Man's rich. He's in his 80s, but. Like I said, this, this verse tells it all. We could, 
I could say a couple other ones, but that, uh, you know, people are, you know, riches is power, they think. Power on this, this earth, but not, not with God. Okay. Well, again, going back to the rich ruler here. This individual saw living in terms of getting instead of giving. It's easy for us to think of a happy life associated with an abundance of material blessings or material things. This measure of success is only having physical properties, bank accounts, and stock, stocks and bonds. And all this, we need stocks and bonds up there. Um, this scenario is played out by Christians daily. They are gullible. Because they get the blessings and then they don't want to give, hand out any other blessings. Look what the Lord gave me. What are you giving to somebody else? We need to share the blessings that we have. Amen. This parable warns that there are false, deceptive ways of thinking. Let's go, to, let's go back to the book of Luke. And chapter 18 this time, Luke. Luke chapter 18, let's look at this one. Luke 18, uh, beginning with verse 18. And a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Unless he, at least he's thinking about the life afterwards. And Jesus said unto him, Why calls me good? None is good, save one that is God. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor thy father and mother. And he said, I have kept all these from my youth. And Jesus heard these things. And he said unto him, Yet lackest thou one thing. Uh-oh. What do I lack? Sell all that thou hast and distribute to the poor. And thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come follow me. Wow. This guy said, I, I did what? I follow, I know, I, thou know, uh, he says, I know the, uh, the commandments. He says, I do all those things. I have kept them from, one of the commandments would say, if you give to the poor, God will give, give you blessings or continue to bless you. So you continue. But he didn't, he didn't know that. He says, if I give it away, I ain't nothing. If he would gave it away, he would have had, a surplus coming back on him. Given shall be given unto, given unto you, what? Back, pressed down, shaken and running over. If he was rich then, how much, how much richer would this individual have been if he did follow what Jesus said? But we don't think that way. This is mine. I got it. I'm not going to let it go. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. How many Christians feel that way? This is mine. I'm not letting it go. You know people that are that way. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 19. In Proverbs chapter 19, we're going to get it. We'll look at one. Proverbs 19. Look at verse 17. Rich... Ruler, he could have 
If he remembered, the, he said he knew, knew the, all the, the word of God. I, don't th I think he forgot this. Uh, that's uh, Proverbs 19, verse 17. He that hath pity on the poor lendeth unto the Lord that which he hath given, he will repay him again. Well, there it is, you know. He didn't know the word like he thought. Uh, Proverbs chapter 22. Look at verse 9. That's Proverbs 22, 9. He that hath a bountiful eye shall be blessed, for he giveth his bread to the poor. How, how can you outdo that? You're giving it away, and, and God's going to just... It's not with our thinking. It doesn't come with our thinking. Oh, let's go further back. Let's go all the way back to the book of Deuteronomy this time. Deuteronomy chapter 15 tells us, or shows us in Deuteronomy chapter 15. Deuteronomy, this is the rich man. He was doing something good, right? He was a, we find out he was a good laborer. He was intelligent. He was wise. At least he thought he was wise. Deuteronomy chapter 15, looking at verse 10. Thou shalt surely give him, and, thou, and thy heart shall not be grieved when thou giveth unto him, because that for this thing the Lord thy God shall bless thee in all thy works and, and all that thou puttest thy hand unto. So whatever he put his, put his hand to is going to be even more blessed. Giving. Glory to God. We have to remember that a Christian's life is balanced upon obeying the word. Your Christian life is balanced upon obeying the word. Happiness is not always determined by the possession of things. Uh, rich fools worship false gods. And false gods always disappoint and disappear. Money and position can do many things for us, but there comes a time when money and positions cannot meet the deepest spiritual needs of a man. That need can only be supplied by God himself through prayer, repentance, commitment, and intimate fellowship with God. Okay, back to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. All these great things he had. I, I, I'm tearing down the barns to build greater ones and that I may have re good retirement. Luke chapter 12, verse 20. But God said unto him, that's Luke 12, verse 20. But God said unto him, Thou fool this night, thy soul shall be quired of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? Wow. Life at its longest is brief. You think about Methuselah, 900 some odd years. Yeah, that's pretty good. But look how long the world's been. Since Adam, it's approximately 6,000 years. That's a short time. That, that, his, his life was short. I mean, it's even shorter now. I mean, uh, we, have, we hear people getting to around 100 now. So, you know, 
when you start pushing my age, you know, you're starting to think about, okay. <laughs> so what does, what does James tell us? The book of James chapter 4. James chapter 4 and verse 14 tells us, listen to, listen to this, all of you out there, you young kids. James 4, 14. Whereas ye know that what ye shall be on tomorrow, for what is your life? Here it is. This is your life. Listen up. It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanishes away. Boy, we thought, I thought when, when I was, well, we, we all thought when we were kids, man, that person's old. They're 30 or 35. Now, now as we begin to get older, man, that person died young, you know. What is your life? A vapor. It appears for a little time and it vanishes away. Only as we prepare for death are we really prepared for living. Because if we're prepared for death, that means we are associating for eternal life. That means we are getting things prepared for us for life eternity. That means we are storing up things in heaven for, with us. So are we storing up things in heaven? Well, I would say most of this congregation does. We give to the, the mission fields and so forth and different, different uh, uh, projects that are geared to bring people to no, come to know the Lord. You know, there's uh, Ron Hart Bonke and all his, his things. Thousands of people. Um, Children, I mean, your 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 reward's great. You've got rewards. I'm, I'm, other people don't even have that. Some people think, well, you know, missions. Forget about that. I'm not going to put give anything to that. Well, what what are they going to have up there? They don't go out saving. They're not even going trying to save souls. They're not even doing that. It's, it's always the IME. What are they going to have if they make it? Oh boy. Okay. The only way we can possibly, uh, the only way by which it is possible for us to transfer the valuables of this life into spiritual treasures is through spiritual investments in the hearts and lives of others. Only when we communicate the message of God's grace unto the hearts and lives of others are we able to take treasures with us. Amen? So, God, God's will is that we would, be, we would be wise. We need to build our lives upon the foundations of his divine truth found throughout the word. The perfect image that, that, that we need to have or the image that we need to collect, collectively have is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. You know where I'm going. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says, Therefore, that's 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. This is our, the image. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Glory to God, we're new creatures. Old things are passed away. Behold, old things become anew. That means we don't have selfishness anymore. We have of giving. 
We're wanting to share the good news of the gospel, get people saved, do things correctly. Amen. Matthew chapter 7. Oh, we're jumping around a lot. In Matthew chapter 7, we are told this. Matthew 7. We have to be wise. Okay, Matthew, Matthew 7. Jesus is speaking. Are you ready? Jesus is speaking. We've got to have open ears this morning. Jesus is speaking to each and every one of us. Matthew chapter 7, verse 26. And everyone that heareth these, thing, these sayings of mine and does them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which he built his house upon the sand. And when the rains descended and the, and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon it, that house, that it fell and great was the fall of it. We have to be wise. We have to build upon what God says. He says, those that do not do what he says are fools. Let's begin to follow through on what he calls us to do. Amen. Hearing and taking heed of the word, how do we do it? Well, how do we do that? Everybody turn to Romans chapter 12. Again, uh, verse that, verses that we look. Uh, no, verses, Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. We're, there's something that we've got to do here. It's a sacrifice. Holy, acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service. Reasonable service, okay? Verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So we need to not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Let his thoughts be our thoughts. Let his will be our will. This creates God's image in us. Again, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become anew. It's time to invest your your talents, your testimonies for eternal life. Remember, we are created in His image. Ephesians chapter. We're almost. We're running down down to the end here. Ephesians. That's uh, book of Ephesians chapter two. Now this is all, this is what we have. You can't deny it. This is God's word. This is all that we have. Ephesians chapter 2. I'm going to put this in. Let's read it first. Uh, verse 10. Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. I'm going to direct it at you. For you are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath ordained that you should walk in them. It's directed at you. We are able to do what he's called us to do. We have to wake up. 
Awake up, awaken thou that sleepeth. The hour is short. We are supposed to be like the, the town crier on the bulwarks of the castle. They had these town criers and ringing at a bell. All's well. All, no, not as a, wake up, wake up. The Lord is coming. Amen. You know, not like that. You've seen the crazy pictures of the cartoons. The, the guy's wearing a long white robe, long beard, and he has his poster on him. <laughs> Repent. The world's coming to end. It's true, but you know, when people look at it and they laugh. It's time to wake up. How many people do you know, not, not to put any of you on the, on the spot, but how many people you know are going to hell? Are, are not Christians, but are going to hell. I bet, at least, I bet you get at least five people. How many relatives are not born again? Do you care for them? Oh, I don't like that guy. My relatives are bad. They gave me bad, you know, called me bad names. You know that. Hey, you'd be called worse. They're gonna be crying if they're, if they're when we get there, and they don't make it. Their blood is on our hands. They're gonna be crying out, "Why didn't you tell me?" says our blood will, their blood will be on our hands if we don't go cry out to them. That's part of the commission that we have. For we are his workmanship creating Christ Jesus unto good works which God before ordained that we should walk in them. Okay, let's keep the, this image before us that we are bearers of good news. Don't let the enemy steal from us any longer. We are more than able to defeat the enemy. Hallelujah and praise God. We're able to do it. We need to wake up. Somebody needs to wake up. We all need to wake up. I would say pinch your neighbor, but, you know. <laughs> oh. How many, how many? It's hard. when we let the enemy control us. Puts fear in us. What is the first, after sin, what is the first sin that came into? After, after Adam and Eve sinned, what was the, the, I'll say, what is the second sin that came into Adam and Eve? This off, this off the cuff. 
What's the th second thing that happened? No. Close. Fear. Fear is a sin. They, they sinned, and then they hid, and God went through the, the garden and says, Hey, Adam, Eve, where are you? And they said, We feared. That's what's wrong with, with us Christians. When we're called to do something, we fear. What, did, what was, going back to the very first individual I called out from the Bible, Jonah, he feared that, that which God was going to do for the, uh, the, that town they would be saved, and he didn't like it. So he feared that God was going to do what he said he was going to do. We, we allow fear to control us too much. Amen. Glory to God. Uh, we have communion set up. Uh, I'll just open up the emblems and you'll come up, pick them up, and we'll take communion together. So if we can have a little music back there. representing the Passover, the Lamb of God. His body was bruised, beaten, and stripes afflicted on him. And through the word we see that by his stripes, we are healed. This bread represents his body. A blessing to us as we walk this earth that we could have health and a meaningful life. So, Father, we thank you, Lord, for this bread that we partake in as representative of Jesus' body. the importance of the cup. It is a New Testament. As we partake, and as we remember, it's the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that removes sin, that cleanses us, that gives us the opportunity to become a child of God. So Father, we thank you for the blood that cleanses for all eternity. Thank you, Lord.
Paul, we can all stand. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the communion table, Lord. And as we commemorate the life and death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, we've been identified with him, Father. We are your daughters and sons. We thank you, Lord, that we have the opportunity, Father God, to walk in victory, Father God, from this day forward. That fear will no longer hold us in bondage. But, Father God, when we've been redeemed to do great and mighty works, we thank you, Lord. As we go our separate ways, Father God, I thank you, Lord, that we are blessed, Father God, and that we can be a blessing to those that we come in contact with this week. In Jesus' name, amen.